the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Yes, indeed. Hour number two underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock. It is the 26th morning this Wednesday of the fifth month of the year of our Lord, 2021. Thanks again to State Representative Jenna Powell, who joined us last half hour. Coming up in another half hour, we're going to talk to um, Dr. Sherry Tenpenny. Uh, Dr. Tenpenny is going to talk to us about the latest information that we have on the safety or efficacy of and the potential side effects of all of the vaccines available for COVID-19, uh, including the Moderna, Pfizer, uh, mRNA shots or the Johnson & Johnson traditional vaccine shots. We're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk to her about antibodies because here's a little um, update for you, a little personal nugget. Um, I took an antibodies test on Monday. I was sick. My Everybody in my family has gotten COVID. I told you that. Uh, and we all recovered as 99.7% of uh, Americans do, uh, who are not over uh, the age of 75 with comorbidities. Anyway, uh, October was eight months ago. And so my wife actually got the idea from a friend. She went and took the antibodies test, which is available. They are available in a number of places. You've got to pay for them. Uh, if you've got insurance, depending on your insurance coverage, maybe it'll be paid for for you. It cost her 10 bucks out of pocket. The insurance company pays the rest. And she went and had her antibodies te- check done. Now, her friend, who told her about it, also went at the same time. They went together. They went and had the blood drawn at the lab, and they had the antibodies test done. And then two days later, they got their results. Now, um, the way the antibodies test works is any reading of 0.7 or above indicates that you do have antibodies present that are there and ready to fight 
and combat any introduction of the COVID-19 virus or, uh, logically, any variants uh, that become present in the bloodstream. All right, that those if that viral infection happens, your antibodies are going to fight it off in order to stop it from making you sick. This is not, you know, a medical class. I'm not a doctor, but this is just science 101, right? We know what antibodies do. Anything over 0.7 indicates you have the antibodies to do that. Now, her friend, if I remember right, had a 14, which was, oh, I'm sorry, it was a 41, maybe it was. Yeah, I think it was a 41. So plenty of antibodies still in her body to battle, because she was sick too, uh, to battle the COVID-19 virus if it somehow became introduced again. My wife got her reading 814. So she's flying around like she's Superman right now, just impervious to anything COVID-19. She, she's just flush with antibodies. And I loved it, because she got sick right around the same time I did. In fact, I think I got it from her. Um, back in uh, October. So she's just flush with antibodies. So I said, I got to find out too. So on Monday, I went and took my test. I went to the same lab, had the blood drawn. Uh, you know, like I said, you pay your 10 bucks for me anyway. Everybody's insurance is different. Insurance is going to pick it up. And I should be getting the results today, which I will report to you live on the air tomorrow. In fact, I will probably show you the numbers so you know that I'm not lying. And the reason I'm doing that is I want to be recognized, to be just as impervious, if not more immune, from COVID-19 as anybody who has taken any one of those vaccines. And I didn't need a shot. You have, I believe, and this is what Rand Paul has been saying in his battles in Senate committees with Dr. Fauci for, for many, many months now that he already has a natural immunity. He doesn't need to get it from a vial and a syringe. Natural immunity comes when you are introduced to and infected by a virus like this, and your body learns how to combat it. God is a pretty good scientist. Just to throw that out there, God is a pretty doggone good scientist. I haven't met anybody at Pfizer or Johnson & Johnson who can develop a system in which your immunity, your immune system, rather, uh, attacks a virus that it has seen before, quite like the one that God created. It's pretty cool. But I'm just going to tell you, and I'm going to talk to Dr. Tenpenny about this. I am going to have the vaccine, or excuse me, the vaccine, the uh, uh, antibody test results uh, probably by today, enough for me to tell you what the deal is tomorrow. And then what I want is I want to be included in any and all vaccine people can drop their masks in this location uh, group. That's what I want to be included in. Because I didn't take the jab, but I am absolutely 100%, if I have the antibodies, more, probably more immune, because it's been eight months. They're already talking about with the vaccines, you know, the, uh, the COVID-19 vaccines. Uh, don't laminate your card if you get the vaccine and you get your little vax card in case you have to show your papers. Show me your papers. Don't get it laminated because the odds are pretty good. They're going to tell you that after six months or so, it's not going to be any good anymore unless you get a booster. So I want to see what my number is after eight months. My wife was around after eight months, and it was 814. Anything over 0.7 shows you have the antibodies to fight that virus. So if I've got any big number whatsoever, I want to be treated as if I have been vaccinated, and you keep your needle away from me. 
because I will not. And, and by the way, then there's the other aspect of this that I haven't really talked about a ton. There are plenty of doctors who have pointed out that if you do indeed have antibodies because you have recovered from COVID-19 already, it is not only not advised, it's dangerous for you to take the vaccine on top of that. Because a compilation of the uh, dead viral load in, in, for example, the Johnson Johnson, along with your uh, existing antibodies, could actually compromise your immune system and cause more health problems for you than you would be from getting the, getting the virus again, which would be battled by your current antibodies. You can overload yourself. Dr. Oz went on TV and talked about that. Actually, what he said several um, uh, months ago was, uh, if you already had COVID-19, just get the first shot. If you're going to get the, the you know, Vi- uh, Pfizer or, or Moderna shots, just get the first load. Don't get the second because you are going to have way too much in you, and it could be bad for you. And a lot of other doctors who maybe are a little more reputable or, reputable or uh, respected than even Dr. Oz have said the same thing. So I'm just going to, you know, we're going to hit all of this with Dr. Tenpenny coming up, as I said, at 10, 20, or, uh, 1035 this morning. All right, let's go to uh, the phones, 216-901-0945. If you want to get in, TJ does, and he is right now. Hey, TJ, go ahead. Yeah, you know, Bob, when you were playing at George Floyd's brother, comparing George Floyd to the American bald eagle, you know, I'm sitting well, there Well, black thinking, people, black people. He compared black people to, to the yeah. bald eagle. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know... Uh, Hang, hang on, hang on, hang on, TJ. Let me play it so people do because this was in the very first segment of the show, so anybody okay. who didn't hear it. Yesterday, George Floyd's family met with Joe Biden and Jill Biden, along with his family and Benjamin Crump, the uh, the race baiting attorney, and others. And they came out and did a little presser outside the White House after uh, this uh, this little meeting. And this is part of what George Floyd's brother said. And we just want this George Floyd Policing Act to be passed in the future. Is there any message? Could I ask you real quick? No. Is there a no. You want the no. people? Because this this is the thing. If you can make federal laws to protect the bird, which is the bald eagle, you can make federal laws to protect people of color. All right, TJ, go ahead. <laughs> well, you know, I'm sitting there thinking, I've been around a long time, Bob, and I have yet to recall any time i seen an American bald eagle rob a pregnant woman at, at gunpoint. I, I don't ever recall a bald eagle passing a counterfeit bills off or doped up on fentanyl. And, you know, as woke as this society is, it would not surprise me if the 101st Airborne Division, who, you know, the bald eagle is their patch, will in the f- near future be changed to a, a George Floyd patch on their arm. I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but it wouldn't shock me at this point. And, you know, Bob, I served in the 101st Airborne. I was very proud of that patch. And I just couldn't see charging into battle with a George Floyd patch on my arm. I think at that point I'd have to become a defector. I mean, this is crazy, and and like I said, I'm being a little bit facetious, but it would not shock me if they try to do something like this and end up calling it the uh, the George Floyd uh, Airborne Division. I mean, well, here's here's the here's here's the thing, uh, TJ, uh, and thank you for the phone call. I said yesterday that I think by this time next year, by May 25th of the, next year, so two years since the actual uh, incident that uh, George Floyd died in. There will be a proposal by some Democrat or Democrats in the United States House for uh, uh, a U.S. holiday, a resolution calling for a U.S. holiday May 25th to be recognized as George Floyd Day. They're already trying to call it the George Floyd Policing Reform Act or something of that nature, which is what they're what, what the meeting was supposed to be about. They're they're doing everything they can to honor this guy, as it pertains to the bald eagle. The insanity of the statement. 
that if they can if they can pass uh, laws protecting the bald eagle, they can pass laws protecting uh, people of color. You know, you, you just you just look at people like this, and you just do you have any cognitive function whatsoever? We do have laws protecting people of color. They're called American laws, and they protect people of color, people without color, people of different colors, people of multiple colors, people who are striped for God's sake. It protect all of the laws apply to everybody. That's the bottom line. It's just that the reality is far too people of color respect those laws and they kill other people of color at a far, far, far higher rate than people of non-color. And that's just the reality of it. That's why Black Lives Matter, through their calls for the abolition of police, the defunding of police is literally causing black deaths. Deaths of people of color. Because the single greatest hope that people of color have for survival in America, particularly in high crime inner city communities, the single greatest hope they have for survival is the American police officer. That's just the reality. That's why the overwhelming majority of 911 calls to police for police services in response to violent crimes in progress come from inner-city, minority-dominated neighborhoods. Black victims know who their friends are. Their friends are the police officers. Marinate in that for a couple of minutes, and we'll be right back on AM 1420, The Answer. Okay, 1026, we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. Don't forget, coming up after the bottom of the hour, we're going to talk to Dr. Sherry, Sherry Tenpenny about the, uh, the uh, vaccine situation in the state of Ohio, and really nationally. Uh, but here's a story, a little update on what's going on tonight. It's the first drawing in Monty DeWine's Let's Make a Deal uh, game show bribery uh, scandal. It really is. I call it a scandal. We had Jenna Powell on earlier who's trying to stop this by legislation in the Ohio House. It's probably not going to be able to stop it in time. But again, the first drawing is tonight for a $1 million winner among Ohio's vaccinated population only. It started in Ohio with Governor Mike DeWine promising a lottery to give five lucky people who got the COVID vaccine a million dollars each. I know that some of you are now shaking your head and say, that Mike DeWine, he's crazy. But that crazy seems to be catching on. Colorado Governor Jared Polis announcing Tuesday his state's having a weekly lottery. Again, five residents will each win $1 million. This is with money that otherwise would have gone towards advertising and marketing. In Arkansas, they're giving away scratch-off lottery tickets. New Yorkers can get a free lottery ticket worth up to $5 million if they get vaccinated. Other states holding similar lotteries include Maryland, Kentucky, and Oregon. Jill Nato, Fox News. So this is what this little buffoon hath started. I would like to remind everybody how this country destroyed itself 
um, economically when the pandemic, quote-unquote, hit last February. It started with Mike DeWine. Do you realize that? Do you remember that? Do you remember that the first governor to go into a full-on lockdown promising just a couple of weeks to flatten the curve was Mike DeWine? Mike DeWine listening to Amy Acton, the walking, mumbling, bumbling lab coat, who pretends to be a doctor, but she doesn't see patients, nor does she do do research in a lab. She did nothing except for try to chart models, and they were all wrong. And Mike DeWine was the first. Remember, Mike DeWine was getting praised as America's governor because he was leading the way. Now he's doing it again. He's leading the way on vaccine lotteries. We were seeing a drop in vaccinations that really started when Johnson & Johnson was taken off the market. That coincided with the time when, frankly, we started having more supply than demand. And it was a natural thing that we expected to, to occur. And we had to, we had to reverse that. We had to get it back up because the vaccine is how we get out of this pandemic. So the vaccine, which is how we get out of this pandemic, you would think, and I asked Jenna Powell this question, You would think that it would sell itself. What? The vaccine is how we get out of the pandemic. The vaccine is going to be fully uh, uh, healthy. It's going to be fully safe, and I'm not going to have any adverse effects. Uh, Yeah, let me get. I'll fight you to get in line. Can I get cuts? Oh, no cuts. I got to go to the back of line. Dang it. All right. But like, I can't wait to get in this line. The fact of the matter is, everybody who wanted vaccinated has already been vaccinated. Nobody else wants to play the shell game. So Mike DeWine had to do something. Put your health at risk for a chance at a million bucks. That's the ultimate reality show. Hope that shot that you took in order to get your million bucks, and the chances are you are not going to win it, doesn't cause you ill effects or harm you in any way, like many, many other people who have gotten their shots, gotten very sick, and many of them who have died. But hey, at least you had a shot at a million bucks. I contend and continue to, as Jennifer Powell and I discussed, that this is illegal. A, it's discriminatory against the unvaccinated in the state of Ohio. And B, it is uh, a misuse, a misappropriation of COVID relief dollars. The federal government gave this money to the state of Ohio to relieve COVID uh, economic uh, uh, dysfunction, if you will. In other words, business owners who suffered and lost almost their entire businesses but are still hanging on by a thread get some relief here with this money so they can get their doors back open again and get their businesses on a paying basis again. Many of them can't do it at all. Many of them lost. They went under during the months of the lockdown. This money is there to help those who lost everything, not to play the ultimate reality let's-make-a-deal game show. Here's the deal. You go take an experimental drug cocktail, and we'll put you in the bin for a million-dollar drawing. Deal or no deal? Dr. Sherry Tenpenny joins us next. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The Answer.
Okay, 10.36, and we continue on AM 1420, The Answer. It looks like we have a little bit of a scheduling snafu here with Dr. Tenpenny, so we are going to have this conversation uh, about the vaccine lottery and so much more on tomorrow's program. So we had a little bit of a scheduling glitch. Uh, that happens. Uh, sometimes that happens, and uh, indeed it did here. She schedules too many, I schedule too many, and we get ourselves into a situation. So the good news for you is we have an opportunity for open lines between now and the top of the hour at 216-901-0945-888-281-1110. Here's what I want to know have you gotten the vaccine since mike dewine announced the lottery we heard in the newscast today that for a 55 percent spike a 55 percent increase in the number of people vaccinated between the ages of 20 and 49 has been realized has been seen since the announcement of the lottery i want to know if you're one of them Let me say this very clearly. I'm not going to judge you, okay? I'm not going to judge you. I just want to know. I want you to tell me, because I want to get an idea that this is real and this is true. And number two, I kind of want to know why. If you didn't get it before, is it just a matter of I, I had always been planning to, but just didn't have the time, and I went ahead and made time once I knew there was a lottery? And I could win a million bucks. Or were you, hey, I was just totally indifferent, didn't see a need for it, didn't see a need against it, wasn't going to do it unless I had a reason to. That's gave me a reason to. So I went to it. I'm okay with it either way. I have said this many times, and I will continue to say so. Um, I am not anti-vax, generally speaking. And I'm not anti-COVID-19 vax for other people. I am anti-COVID vax for myself and my for my family because those are my decisions. Well, it's my decision for me, and I advise uh, my wife and I advise our our kids. Uh, one of whom is an adult; it can make her own mind up, and the other one will be soon. Um, but my point is, it's not for me; it's not for us for a variety of reasons that I've outlined before. But I'm never going to tell you to not do what you think is right for your health. My body, my choice. Your body, your choice. I am okay with whatever you decide. I'm just curious as to what your reasons are. Can you tell me, did you get the vaccine since the vaccine lottery was announced? And if so, give us your reasons. Again, you're not going to be judged. 216-901, rather. Let me do that again. 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. I very much would like to hear your explanation if you did decide to do that. Secondly... Do you believe, if you are not getting the vaccine, do you believe that you are being discriminated against with these perks and with these lotteries? Like I said, it's not just in Ohio now. DeWine started it, but it wasn't. Ju- it, it's not just DeWine, rather. This is happening in other states. I played that clip before you, for you before. I'll play it again now. I believe anything that is given out of value. In fact, I said this before the lottery happened. Before the lottery was announced by Mike DeWine, uh, I read that the Indians were giving uh, discounted tickets to people who had vaccines. And I said, that can't be. That's discriminatory. And other people said, why not? It's just like ladies' night at the bar. Guys got to pay a $5 cover charge. Ladies get in free. Well, that's also discriminatory if you really want to be a you know a jerk about it. Now, nobody wants to be a jerk about it because then you're not going to be able to attract the ladies when you get inside if you're complaining about having to pay, right? But do you understand the point? It is discriminatory. That is blatant sex discrimination, and this is discrimination against people based on their health conditions and their health choices. And I said this then. 
if the Indians charge me $25 for a ticket, because I don't have a vaccine, and they charge the guy next to me $20 for a ticket, a $5 discount, because he has the vaccine, chances are pretty good I would win a lawsuit for discrimination based on my health condition. I, I really believe that. Now, do I want to go to war over this and go to court over this? Probably not, and they know that. But it doesn't mean we should just give our, our tacit approval. We ought to be very vocal about it. We ought to complain about it. And, and I did. Not to the Indians, but on the airwaves. And if anybody from the Indians is listening, I think that's garbage. As I once said about you know the comparison here is if I go to a steak dinner with a friend and we order the exact same ribeye with the exact same sides and the exact same drink order and he gets a bill for less than mine because he's been vaccinated, I have been discriminated against and I'm, I'm going to demand to pay the, the, the lesser price as well. So do you feel like this is discrimination? Or am I kind of tilting in windmills here? Am I, uh, am I off base? You tell me. 216 uh, Let's go to it. Um, Strongsville first. Why not? Navy man Norm is a good man. I always like talking to him. Hey, Norm, you're up first. Go ahead, sir. Bob, this is a little off topic, and uh, my answer to your question or survey would be no. Uh, that did not influence me or my wife as far as the lottery goes. I can't be bought. I have some principles, and my principles are we both had COVID uh, a year ago. We got over it uh, within about four or five days, and nobody has answered the question, uh, if you had COVID, what happens if you get the vaccine? What does it do to you? They still have, they don't know. So, you know, that put an end to it. But what I want to talk about real quick, mm-hmm. Secretary of State Blinken authorized the flying of Black Lives Matter flags at all U.S. embassies overseas this week. Sure did. Now, my question is... Didn't just authorize it, Norm. Didn't just authorize it, promoted it. Almost gave a directive saying, do it. Mm -hmm. Now, my question is this. Since when do we put a piece of uh, rag up that honors a convicted felon who stuck a gun in the uh, belly of a pregnant woman threatened to kill her and her baby unless she gave him money for drugs, and was a known drug dealer and felon. So that's what we've come to today. We want to honor these people. And this is just beyond the pale. And I just had a question for your listeners. Maybe they can educate me. Uh, Have you seen the new uh, Black Lives Matter food bank in Cleveland? Black Lives Matter food bank, did you say? Food bank? Food bank, yeah. No, no, never never heard of any such thing. Food bank in Akron, Columbus, Cincinnati, any major city? No, of course no, no. not. No, no. It's it's not about anything in helping the black community. They do nothing, Bob, nothing to help the black community except steer the racial hatred pot. And it's to me, it's like they're hoping that there'll be a tremendous backlash from the white people so that they can say, see, we told you they hate us. They discriminate against us. And, you know, the more these TV stations and the uh, puns, uh, <laughs> come out with their oh, uh, ABC last night and our special on Black Lives Matter. And it just drives Did you watch it? Wow. <laughs> About two minutes. That's all I needed. That's all I needed. <laughs> That's all I needed. 
I, I knew yeah. I wasn't watching it from seeing the title of it in the channel guide. That's all I needed to know. I'm not turning that on because I know what it's going to do, and I know how it's going to make me feel. Um, but everything you're saying, Navy Man Orm, is exactly right. It is not about black lives. It's not about improving the lives of black people in their communities, like you say, with food banks or with other assistance. It's about enriching the elitist Marxists, including the founder, Patrice Cullors, who bought, as you recall, four homes, or were, were, I'm sorry, three different homes worth uh, a total of over four and a half million dollars within about two weeks, this massive buying uh, uh, spree that she went on, and then claimed it's to help uh, help other black people. Unless she's turning those into Section 8 and moving several families into each one of those million dollar or nearly million dollar homes, then she is a liar and she is defrauding those who fund Black Lives Matter. Yes. And, you know, it would have been nice, Bob, if that wonderful person that's occupying the White House, I refuse to say the word president, would have ordered all U.S. embassies during National Police Week to fly the police flag below the United States flag to honor our police officers and law enforcement. But, I mean, it wouldn't dawn on him to do that. No, he instead ordered the White House not to fly the White House flag at half-staff to honor the fallen police officers. And he came out and criticized the police during National Police Week. You know, I'm ashamed. And thank you, Norm. Great call, as always, my friend. God bless you. Um, I'm ashamed to admit that it didn't dawn on me either during National Police Week. Why aren't we, you know, lighting the White House blue? Why aren't why aren't we uh, uh, hanging flags, you know, with the thin blue line and and all the other things uh, that they have to honor police officers at the federal level? Why didn't we do that? It didn't dawn on me until they did what you just pointed out, which is they're honoring St. George the Floyd uh, for for you know overdosing on drugs and getting himself into a situation where he died the way that he did. And yes, he did put himself in that situation. If he'd have sat in the back and complied, sat in the back of that car and complied instead of screaming, I can't breathe, let me out, let me out, he wouldn't have been taken out and put on the ground, and then Chauvin wouldn't have had a chance to be the idiot that he is. But at any rate, uh, until they hung up those flags to honor him, it, it didn't occur to me either that why aren't they hanging up flags to honor police officers during police week? It's a fair question. Gary is in uh, Olmstead Township. Hi, Gary, go ahead. Hey, Bob. A uh, good friend of mine told me that... Uh, Be- um, many members of the uh, Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Department and other uh, agencies, police agencies, had to go through a seven-hour course yesterday on uh, how bad white uh, police officers are. Wait, 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 wait. Where was this course? Who had to do this? This was, the, uh, was members of the <clears throat> Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Department. The Sheriff's Department yeah. had to go through a course explaining what? to them as yep. law enforcement officers, how racist yep. white law enforcement officers are. Correct. Who produced it? Yeah. Any well, idea, any idea who makes these 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 uh, courses and these videos and so forth that made them watch? Well, he said uh, he had the uh, the actual commander of Cuyahoga County uh, Community College was there as an instructor. The uh, NAACP was there. Uh, as instructors, so uh, he said it was really one of the most humiliating things that uh, he and his associates have ever ever gone through. And this was uh, mandatory. Was, this is mandatory, quote unquote, mandatory, training. mandatory training. Yeah. Wow. So, 
I'm going anyway, to look in, I'm gonna have to look into that to see if I can get somebody yeah, on really, who's, who's yeah. in, in command who makes that decision. I would like to know who made that yeah, decision call, to greenlight such a of uh, and ask him about it. He, he was like the main guy. And, and you know uh, what's so disgusting? Department. You know what's so disgusting about it, my friend? And thank you for the phone call. I appreciate you, Gary. Uh, what's uh, among the things that are so disgusting about it, quite frankly, is the fact that listening to the Black Lives Matter and the you know Marxists in training organizers, they literally argue that the whole idea of critical race theory and its training and its education and its curriculum in in schools is not to make white people feel bad. She's literally said that. Uh, what's her name? Hannah Nicole Jones, uh, the the writer, uh, the the lead author of the sixteen nineteen project for that New York Times thing that is now in schools. Literally went on TV saying, "I don't know what they're so worried about. This is not about trying to make white people feel bad. That's not what this is for." And, and in fact, let me give you the exact quote here. Let me pull it up as fast as I can since we're live. Um, hold on, I'll find it. I do have the uh, I do have the transcript in front of me. I don't have the audio in front of me. But she here it is. I don't think anyone who reads critical race theory has never seen or never has been never. This transcript may be off. It's a little bit disjointed. I don't think anyone who reads critical race theory has never seen to say white people should feel bad about being white. It does say that racism is embedded in our institutions, and until we know that, we will not be able to undo the harm of racism. So there it is. She said that two or three different times. And we know full well that that is a lie because we have actually seen, maybe you've noticed it, maybe you haven't, but we have actually seen uh, and, and heard, rather, um, school heads in un, uh, recorded conversations that they, they did not know they were, in other words, hidden microphone kind of situations or hidden recording situations, uh, actually saying that, yes, what we are doing is we are teaching young white kids to hate themselves for being white. We are teaching them to feel bad about themselves for things that they have no control over. That is literally one of the admissions that they made. And they said, by the way, we're still going to do it. It still has to be done because this is the movement. And if you don't project that guilt, white guilt on white kids and white people in such a way to make them feel bad about themselves, then you are not being anti-racist. And if you are not being anti-racist, then you are racist. The problem is that anti-racism is racism. And that's something I'm going to endeavor to tell the people uh, uh, tonight at uh, Ohio Freedom Fighters. i got a speech coming up tonight in Medina, Ohio Freedom Fighters. If you want to stop out at 7 o'clock for that event, I'll give you the location here in a moment, too. But that's one of the things I'm going to talk about. Rather than allowing people to just be normal and see colorblindness or see through colorblind eyes, you have to pick a side. You have to be aligned with the anti-racists, in which case you have to malign white people, and you have to feel pity and sympathy and sadness for black people. Or you have to be an oppressed black person. If you try to sit in the middle, you will be categorized as a racist. If you do not actively participate in anti-racism, you are, therefore, by default, a racist if you're white. And that's the exact problem that we're dealing with right now. Thanks for the call. Great stuff, Gary. We'll be right back.
Yeah, I've got to tell you, I'm, uh, I'm really livid to hear what the caller just told me about, Gary just told me about with the Cuyahoga County Sheriff's Office. They made their deputies sit through a critical race video that essentially said white officers are more inclined to be racist. When, by the way, countless numbers of studies have proven the exact opposite, including from liberal think tanks at places like Harvard. You remember Roland Harper, the professor at Harvard who did the study, who found and he was certain that the study was going to prove that white cops were more quick to pull the trigger on black suspects and found to his shock. He admitted he was shocked to find out that the exact opposite is true. Black officers are more likely to pull the trigger on both black and white suspects. White officers are less likely to pull the trigger on black suspects. It's the exact opposite of what the orthodoxy says. And that's that's something we're going to address, I promise you, in my speech. I mentioned that just real quick before I get a couple of more calls in. Ohio Freedom Fighters uh, has a, an event tonight, a meeting tonight in Medina, 7291 Stone Road. I'll be speaking at 7 o'clock. I'll give a talk, and then we'll have a little Q&A afterwards. I always enjoy these great conversations with patriots. We're going to discuss all of the current events in, in, involving CRT that we just talked about, vaccine passports, and more. So if you are available and uh, uh, you'd like to uh, to engage, Uh, by all means, the Ohio Freedom Fighters event tonight. Hopefully we'll have a packed house. 7291 Stone Road in Medina. All right, um, Don is in Lakewood. Hi, Don, you're on the air. Go ahead. Hey, Bob. uh, Last Friday I ran out of time uh, regarding the vaccine call that I made. Uh, No amount of money of Mike Wines is going, Mike Wines is going to get me to, uh, would get me to uh, have this vaccine. And another reason overrides that, namely that my family is prone to Guillain-Barre syndrome. My mother got a, a flu shot a couple of years ago and was paralyzed for a month and in a coma from a flu shot. And her neurologist, her neurological team advised her that neither she nor anyone in her family should ever get any kind of vaccine again. In fact, Dr. Fauci even mentioned Guillain-Barre syndrome as a uh, something that, to preclude you getting this vaccine. Yeah, now, how I've do I prove too. this to anyone? You know, how do I prove this to anyone? What about all these private businesses that are, that are going to start requesting that uh, you prove that you have been vaccinated uh, to enter? I see fist fights breaking out over this. Yeah, um, well, I, I do too. I do too. And that's exactly why the laws exist as they do. You shouldn't have to prove it. You should be able to say, look, I cannot take this because I have a medical exemption. What's your condition? None of your business. <clears throat> Just like, just like your cholesterol count is none of my business. I cannot, I cannot take this vaccine and I cannot wear a mask. You need to respect my, my, my medical freedom here. This is not your business. Leave me be. And, um, eventually this is going to lead hopefully not to a fist fight, but, but to court fights. One quick question for you. What do you think might happen if none of these recipients of the million dollars or these scholarships turns out to be African American? Oh my goodness! I'm just going to get there. Well, and you know, here's here's the other thing that I would say too. And I thought about this. Thanks for the call. What if the winners of these? Uh, what if even one, let alone m- multiple of the one million dollar winners, are wealthy? What if? What if Mike Dewine gives a million dollars to somebody already living in a million dollar home? Instead of that million dollars going to a bunch of different business owners, spread out you know a few hundred thousand dollars to each person, or or ten fifty thousand dollars to each one to help them get their businesses back up and running, a million dollars went to a guy who's already got five million in his bank account or more. Because this does not limit anybody. This does not. Now, typically speaking, most millionaires don't buy Ohio lottery tickets. 
But if they're automatically going to be entered into the Ohio vaccine lottery or they drop their name in just in support of vaccines, what if what if the winners are well-to-do? And as you said, what if the winners happen to be all white? They're going to claim rigged system. Holy goodness, I hadn't even considered that. All right, that's all the time that I've got. If I left you on hold, my apologies. But stay here because Mike Gallagher is coming up next. We'll see you tomorrow. Bye-bye. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.